0: You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast for Friday, July the 1st of 2022. I am Lucas Smith, host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Thanks for tuning in. To Locked On Cardinals podcast and making it your first listen of the day. Whether you're tuning in from, whether you're on the car driving home from work, get the gym working out, no matter what. Thanks for tuning in today as we talk about one of my more favorite topics, and that is Paul Goldschmidt and the phenomenal season he's having with the St. Louis Cardinals right now. Because of he was Player of the Month in May, and there might not one in June, but man, he was really freaking good in the month of June. So we're going to talk about Paul Goldschmidt and Locked On MLB did a power ranking as to who the MVP should be, who who we think uh, the MVP should be in, in each respective league. And we just decided as a group that it should be Paul Goldschmidt in the National League. And I think that that is a phenomenal choice because I think that Paul Goldschmidt has been the best hitter consistently since day one in the National League. And I think that he's a, ha, having the best season all due respect to a couple other guys and I'll pop a graphic up here. In a little in a little bit talking about Paul Goldschmidt. But he was player of the month in May, right? And in that in month of May, he had 27 games that year. He hit 404 for the month, 471 on base, 817, slugging for an OPS of 1,288. That is ridiculous. He had 14 walks. He only struck out 24 times. He had 10 home runs that month. He drove in 33. In June, in 27 games once again, 99 at bats. He clubbed. Just eight home runs, but still very respectable. Drove in 22, still hit a whopping 323, an on-base of 427, slugging 636, and an OPS still over 1,000 of 1,063. So both of those months have been phenomenal for the Cardinal likely all-star, likely all-star starter. And when you look at the entire season, it all comes up to a 342 batting average, 19 home runs, 65 runs batted, an OPS over 1,000 at 1,054. Paul Goldschmidt has been, by and large, the best player in the National League. On-base percentage of .424, slugging .630. Quite frankly, and again, this is not to take away from the seasons, um, from the likes of a Mandy Machado, a Bryce Harper, a Pete Alonso, or Mookie Betts, or any other that, uh, MVP hopeful. Not to take away from them, but if anybody tries to tell you that Paul Goldschmidt is not the most valuable player... They are wrong, at least to this point. Obviously, there's a lot of season left. It's only July 1, a lot of season left, but Paul Goldschmidt is on track to be the first National League MVP from this, in a St. Louis Cardinals uniform since Albert Pujols. And Paul Goldschmidt is also a finalist to be a starter in the National League All-Star game. He will be, uh, the, the way that the voting is working, you you First phase is done. Now that you vote for the starters, it's a, the, the finalists at first base are him and Pete Alonso. And again, all due respect to Pete Alonso, but Paul Goldschmidt should be the starter. Cardinals are going to be well-represented at the All-Star game, in my opinion. And we talked about this a lot recently. There's a good chance they're well-represented also in the award ceremonies at the end of the season, whether you have a Rookie of the Year, an, an MVP, Reliever of the Year, and Helsley, things of that nature. The, the point of the matter is that Paul Goldschmidt is having his best season, and has already been an MVP, MVP caliber player in the past. So if you're watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm going to get blocked for just a minute, but I'm going to pop up this graphic on YouTube for the MLB, AL, and NL power rankings. Uh, for the AL, Aaron Judge was ranked first, voted on by Lockton MLB hosts. Mike Trout was second. Jordan Alvarez was third. This was voted before he got hurt. Jose Ramirez is fourth. Shohei Otani is fifth. And in the National League, you've got Paul Goldschmidt, number one, Manny Machado, number two, Bryce Harper, number three, again, before he got hurt. Pete Alonzo's the four, and Mookie Betts is the five. I'll pop that uh, graphic off. And again, uh, this it, it, just going through the power rankings. One through five in the AL, it's Judge, Trout, Alvarez, Ramirez, Otani. One through five in the Amer- National League, rather, it's Goldschmidt, Machado, Harper, Alonso, and Betts. And I don't think it's particularly close, again, for what Paul Goldschmidt has done this season. Na- National League Most Valuable Player Award should not be out of the radar. I mean, this average... Well, Let's take a look at how good he's been this season I' think it's not going under the radar because he's getting MVP consideration but the 342 average he's compiled this year would be a career high the 424 on base percentage is the highest since the 2015 season in which he had an on-base of 435 a 630 slugging is the highest of his career he's never touched 600 before his highest before that was in 2015 when he slugged 570 and his OPS at 1,054. This would only be the second time in his career an OPS finished above 1,000, the last time being, guess when, 2015 when he had an OPS of 1,005. MVP is 100% in the conversation. He has provided moment after moment for the St. Louis Cardinals. He has been an anchor in this lineup that is arguably, statistically speaking, based on runs scored and average in and other, other categories, one of the top teams in all of baseball. How good this offense has been, and I don't think it gets talked about a lot because you do have the question marks of the catching position. You had the question marks at short to start the season. You, you wonder how the Cardinals are getting their, their outfield numbers up with both O'Neill and Bader being lost to injury for portions of the year. But this offense still finds itself as one of the tops in Major League Baseball, and it's being led by Paul Goldschmidt. Again, the month of June will likely be the first month that neither – um uh, the first month of the season that a St. Louis Cardinal is not player of the month, as Nolan Arenado won it in April and Paul Goldschmidt mentioned it, won it in April or won it in May, excuse me. But that should not take away from Paul Goldschmidt's MVP case. And this is somebody that, that came in second. Apologize, the light just went out uh here in my uh, little mini studio, so apologies for that. But this is somebody who Came close to MVP back in 2013. Has been in the conversation many times. There's a really big argument that if he was not in Arizona, he would have already won. A most valuable player. If he's on maybe a, a team that, that has a little bit of a higher market, maybe. Well, now he's on the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals are in the playoff hunt. Coming into play today, the, the Brewers and Cardinals 1-2 and two in the National League Central. Just a game and a half separates the two. Or a game, rather. Separates the two. 43-35 for the Cardinals. 44-34. And he has been the cog in the lineup. He has been the guy in the lineup for the St. Louis Cardinals pretty much since the middle of April. Paul Goldschmidt historically gets off to slow starts. That happened again this season. But you now have him off to a, or not off to, but you now have him murdering the baseball in every sense of the word. So you have everything going for a Paul Goldschmidt MVP case. And in my mind, as I've mentioned multiple times today, it's not particularly close because of how good Paul Goldschmidt has been. Top 10 in categories such as on base, average, slugging, RBIs, home runs, hits, doubles, extra base hits. Top three in war. Cardinals have two of the top three members uh, in war, depending on if you look at BaseballReference.com or fan graphs, things of that nature. It's Edmund, Goldschmidt, and Alcantara, one through three, You know, again, in, in various orders. If you, if you think somebody else is worthy for the National League Most Valuable Player, let me know. Drop a YouTube comment. Email me at LockedOnCards at GMO.com. DM me on Twitter at LJFastball. DM the show at LockedOnCards at GMO.com. Let me know. Because I would love to hear what you have to say about who is the National League MVP. Because again, if you're telling me anybody other than Goldschmidt, you're going to have to try really hard to convince me. Like, really hard. Because of how good Goldschmidt has been, is because of how. Just because of how dominant he's been this season. There, there's really no other way to put it. Bet Online came up with, with new uh, award odds. Um, but I'll tell you about Bet Online in just a moment. But odds to win um, the MVP, at the beginning of the season, Goldschmidt was 50 to 1. On April 6th, he was 40 to 1. And now. On July 1st, he's six to five. He was seven and one in June 1st. Paul Goldschmidt's odds to win the MVP are climbing. Those odds are, uh, in part, are brought to you by Bet Online. His odds are climbing. He's not losing ground. He is still performing at a high level, and it's heating up. And we know from experience that when the weather gets warmer, Paul Goldschmidt gets hotter. And he's already been remarkable to start this season. So his odds are good. So if you want to make a bet at Bet Online. I would do so for Paul Goldschmidt being the MVP. I would also be a betting man in saying that Ryan Helsley is going to be the National League reliever of the year despite some morality showing and some humanity showing in a loss on Wednesday night. So, segment number two, we're going to be talking about that loss on Wednesday night, talking about the strike call. I know it's controversial. And then uh, segment three, we'll be talking about the Phillies series that starts coming up here tonight. But first, I want to let you know that Bet Online is the number one source for all of your betting needs and your sports info. You can find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball scores. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information as well, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today, betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline is where the game starts. So the Cardinals were unable to take a uh, sweep, or unable to, to, to sweep, I, what I, how I should phrase it. The Miami Marlins uh, during the week, as Sandy Alcantara was... Pretty freaking pretty freaking filthy, excuse me, um, on Wednesday night as she goes the distance. Nine innings, seven hits, three runs. Only two of those were earned. Walked two and struck out three. I think all things considered, though, when you look at was that a successful outing for the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, things of that nature, I think you got to be somewhat happy with how the Cardinals performed, offensively speaking, against the likely NL Cy Young Award winner. That's a pretty impressive start, or a pretty impressive, you know, to score three runs. I'll put it this way: to score three runs off of Sandy Alcantara in a nine inning span, when his ERA is now at, uh, excuse me, his ERA now sits below below two seven five. Pretty remarkable for that Cardinal offense to do that. I understand one of those runs. Was unearned. Uh, Samuel Contra's season area sets at 1.95. Excuse me. Again, season area 1.95. And the Cardinals able to score two runs off of him in nine innings. You can't be too bummed or too upset at that. Obviously, you, you lose. You, you, you almost got the sweep and things of that nature. But the, the story of this game, maybe from a Marlins standpoint, would be Samuel Contra. And you can check out Peter of Locked On Marlins to go get that perspective. But we got to talk about that ninth inning. Ryan Helsley comes in, and you think, ball game, this game's over. A leadoff walk to Garrett Cooper. Slider down and away does not get the call for strike three. Instead, it is called ball four. Was it a missed call? Yes. I do think it was a missed call. I think that ball is a strike. Was it as egregious as some were saying? No, I don't think that that was an atrocious call. I wouldn't classify it as that. Did Kisner help? No. If Yadier's behind the plate, does he get that call? I think it's easy to sit here and say yes, but I also don't think that it's totally fair to just say, oh, blame it on not having one of the generation's best catchers behind the plate, and that's why you didn't get that strike call. I think that's unfair. And I also don't think that that is the sole reason the Cardinals lost this game. You look at it, the home run that was hit was close to being caught of course, so maybe was at the time has jumped better, maybe. It's also a center cut fastball to Tavacio Garcia. and you also look at the fact that the Cardinals got two one and one out in the ninth inning and weren't able to score. That's also a factor in it. Cardinals were also one for eight with runners in scoring position yesterday or Wednesday, excuse me. So you look at the ninth inning, you get Cooper walking on six pitches. Jesus Sanchez strikes out on three straight. Dominant. Jesus Aguilar strikes out on four pitches. You see ball one, then three straight strikes. And then you see the Avisio Garcia home run. Heartbreaking give up a single. And then another quick strikeout of Miguel Rojas that came on, yes, three straight pitches. So Ryan Helsley, (laughs) his ERA tripled to now sit at a minuscule uh, .88 ERA <laughs> which is still just mind-boggling to me. But then you go to the bottom half of the ninth. Get a ground out of Edmund, Loop Bar works a walk. Connor Cable gets his first career Major League Base hit. Congratulations to him. And then Emundo Sosa grounds into a game-ending rally-killing heartbreaking double play. So was it that call that cost the Cardinals the game? No. Was it an atrocious call that cost the Cardinals game? No. I will admit, as light pops back on, let's see how long that stays on YouTube. I will admit that that was likely a missed call, popped up on ump scorecards the next day as the most factorable call. So I'm not saying that that call didn't matter. But I am saying there's a lot that went into that loss other than that one call. I think very rarely does one call make or break a game. That call was awfully close. To making or breaking game, I understand that, I get that, I acknowledge that. But that was not the game-altering, pop back off, apologies on YouTube, was not the game-altering call that I think some people were making it out to be. And also, overall, you've got to look at the Marlins series as an overall positive. On Monday, you have the Adam Wainwright start, That is, he was pretty freaking phenomenal. The offense explodes, so the Yepes couple of home runs, Goldie hit one. Great game for the offense. Tuesday, you saw the offense come back. Dakota Hudson does an okay job. And the bullpen is dominant on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday, despite the bullpen, or at least despite Ryan Helsley, I should say, faltering in that ninth inning, you still saw a great start from Andre Pallante. Seven innings, five hits, two were under walk, and a couple punch outs. You saw the offense, again, be able to scratch across... Three runs against Alcantara, which not a lot of offenses have been able to do this season. Again. So yes, you you get, you get lose and Alcantara does dominate a bit, but I think the offense, in my opinion, performed a lot better than I thought they were going to, especially because Alcantara only racked up three strikeouts in the game. You have Gallego's pitch, a scoreless eighth inning. He continues to be solid. And even despite the third-blown save of Helsley's season the first loss of his season, still managed to strike out the side and show some filth and show some dominance, even with, again, the loss on his record and the bad bad outing. <laughs> so all in all, obviously, you look back at the whole homestand that the losing the series to the Cubs is a, is a net negative. You would like to see a sweep against the Marlins to get the record back up. But overall... At least against the Marlins, the Cardinals are now back on the right track. The Cardinals got their series win. They got the day off yesterday. And now the Cardinals move on to face the Philadelphia Phillies, who currently sit at 40 and 37. And you Cardinals have some have the arms lined up that I think that you would want to see lined up, is what I'm trying to say. But overall, you know, talking about the, the weak series against the Miami Marlins. Would have liked to see seen a sweep, but we talked about it on Tuesday night as well as Monday, previewing the series last week. Once it was determined that Sandy Alcantara was going in Game 3 of that series, you knew it was going to be a tall task for the Cardinals to complete the sweep. You just did. Sandy Alcantara, one of the game's best this season, sprinting towards an NL Cy Young Award and making that Ozuna trade hurt even more, start after start after start. I know the Cardinals got two years of Ozuna. He was one of the only players that hit in the 2019 playoff series. But you lose Gallon, you lose Sierra, you lose Alcantara. That's one of the few trades over the recent years that you can pretty objectively say that the Cardinals lost. The Cardinals won the Goldschmidt trade. They won the Arenado trade. Even if both Arenado and Goldschmidt, you know, fall off a little bit over the course of the contract which they're, which they're likely to do. Even if that happens. Those two trades are obvious winners. You win the Fam trade, Libertor trade still up to debate, and the Rose trade that that same one. The Ozuna trade is definitely one that you can look back on it and say, yeah, might want to might might want a second crack at that. See if you can keep Alcantara and keep Gallon. But nevertheless, the Cardinals move on to face another NLE's foe this weekend in the Philadelphia Phillies. And the Cardinals have their ace on the mound, and arguably baseball's best five and five pitcher on the mound in Miles Michaelis. So you gotta feel good, but a, a game one win as well as the rest of the series is intriguing. We'll see what the Cardinals can do against the Philadelphia Phillies, talking about the Cardinals and Phillies series next in just a moment on Locked On Cardinals. Well, Miles Michaelis, 5-5 five and five this season with a 2-5-7 ERA. He has been just phenomenal this season. Coming off six innings, four hits, an earned run, a walk, and nine strikeouts against the Cubs. Start before that at Milwaukee, six and a third, four hits, two earned, two walks, three strikeouts, a tough loss there. The start before that was the near no-hitter uh, when he went eight and two-thirds against the Pirates. Did not give up a run, give up a hit, walked one, struck out six. This is his best season, statistically speaking, since 2018. Didn't have it in 19. Was hurt in 20. Was okay. He was, you know, BRA 4.23 in nine starts. He was two and three last season. He was okay in in short in time last season, right? Because of the injury. He's just been flat out good this year. Obviously not perfect. Five and five, and had some tough luck starts in there. But overall, pretty solid start for Miles Michaelis. Borderline, not Cy Young, but borderline All Star candidate this season. Again, I, I talk about how well-represented the Cardinals are going to be in the All-Star game, positionally speaking. They're going to have Goldschmidt, Arenado. I think Edmond should, should get some, some consideration. Pitching-wise, you, you could have some representation there. Helsley, likely, as well as maybe Michaelis. And who knows, with, with injuries and things of that nature, maybe some guys get selected late. Uh, but we'll see. But anyways, opposing him is a lefty, Bailey Falter, 25 years old. He's got 29 games at the Major League level. Uh, he's got twenty uh, four of those have been starts. This will be career start number five. Last season in twenty two games, one start, five six one ERA in thirty-three and two thirds of an innings pitched. This season, in seven games, three starts, twenty innings. He's got an ERA of four five oh. He struck out thirteen and he has a two eighty six opponents batting average. He has a whip of one point four. So this is the kind of game, in my opinion, based on the stats that we talked about, you know, that I just mentioned, based on Falter's season, he's Based on the fact that the Cardinals tend to hit lefties pretty well. Uh, he was a fifth-round pick in 2015. Falter was. This is the kind of game for the offense to flex its muscle. You have an off day Thursday. You're coming off facing the one of the game's best. Friday's game is, in my opinion, a very winnable game for the St. Louis Cardinals, and it should be one that the Cardinals should try and show off a little bit, for lack of a better phrase. And then on Saturday's game, tomorrow's game, you get a chance to see Matthew Libertor take the mound again as he gets recalled um, to make a start for Jack Flaherty's injured spot. And Philadelphia Phillies will send Mizzou grad Kyle Gibson to the mound. Mizzou graduate, so I'm very familiar with that. as He was a first-round pick back in 2009 by the uh, Twins. Been okay. Got a 4-8 four, four, ERA this year in 15 starts. Coming off a clunker though, when he went two and two-thirds. Gave up five earned against San Diego Padres. Walked three and struck out two in that start. And for Matthew Libertor, the stuff was there in his first stint. The next step for Libby, in my opinion, is going to be to hone in on that stuff. His last start was arguably his best one when he went five shutout innings against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Got a win in that start. Walk two struck out five. This is one of his two major league wins. The other one came against the Milwaukee Brewers. Not as much success on the road for Libertor. Uh, four and two thirds, four earned in his debut, although he pitched better than his stuff would, would tell you there at Pittsburgh. And then four earned, three home runs, three and a third, and a loss at Chicago. So this will be his third start on the road this season. I'm pumped. I'm really excited. I'm excited to start to get to the Matthew Libertor era, if you will. And Libertor will hopefully make that next step forward for the St. Louis Cardinals. And then on Sunday, for some reason it always seems like this happens on a Sunday, and it is going to be Sunday night baseball for the Cardinals. Adam Wainwright will get the ball for the St. Louis Cardinals going up against Zach Wheeler. So I think Sunday night baseball, you could see runs being at a premium with Wainwright and Wheeler on the mound, Adam Wainwright coming into play with a six and five record, a 3.07 ERA. Zach Wheeler six and four with a 2.89 ERA. Wheeler um, coming off six and a innings against the Braves, where he only allowed three earned runs, walked one, and struck out eight. Wheeler's got a 2.34 ERA in his last seven starts, so Wheeler is on a bit of a roll, and he is. I think when he's right, he's really, really better than advertised. Is Zach Wheeler, but. What's the old adage that I always say here when I'm talking about Adam Wainwright? I tend to not bet against Adam Wainwright. I tend to not bet against him at home. And I tend to not bet against him in big-time situations. Two of those three are, are true on Sunday, as you have Sunday night baseball game of the world, as John Rooney likes to call it. So that is a big-time moment. If you will, that is a time to step up here on July 3rd, and then on July 4th, the Cardinals stay out east as they will take on the Atlanta Braves. No announced starters there. So the Cardinals get their fair share of AL East competition over the course of the next week or so. They they have recently with the Miami Marlins series. The key for the Cardinals tonight: show your offensive muscle. Show the fact that this is indeed one of the best offenses in baseball, or at least statistically a strong offense. Saturday show that Liebertour is ready for the major leagues, that he can do this. And Monday, or Sunday rather, Wayne Knight needs to step up on Sunday night baseball. Hopefully you see Jordan Hicks return over the road trip. I heard that he's in Philadelphia, even though he had a clunker of a rehab appearance on Wednesday or Thursday, maybe it was Wednesday. Maybe you get him back. Start July on the right foot. Just focus on winning series what you got to do so thanks for tuning in to this episode of Locked on Cardinals be sure to make your second listen Locked on MLB Prospects with Lindsey Crosby as we get closer and closer to the MLB draft and uh, I will be talking to you guys again on Monday might have the co-host JD JD Sports Radio on Twitter might have him pop on and make his first appearance as we are trying to get things settled out with with onboarding and everything so be on the lookout for that if you missed it on Wednesday I announced that uh J.D. is going to be a new co-host of mine here on the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Very excited for that. J.D., uh, big-time Cardinal guy in Cincinnati, works at iHeartRadio, knows his stuff. Very excited to be uh, starting co-hosting with him, hopefully, next week. So uh, until I talk to you guys then, and maybe until J.D. talks to you then, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.